echoing the para pa 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 and then now and fuck I- How's your adjustment going there, Joel? Sorry. <laughs> I, can't hear that. I can't hear it at all. all right, I'm, I'm hearing. Sorry, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm hearing. I don't know why we have headphones. I'm hearing a lot of background noise. I, I can't noise. hear any background noise. I'm How hearing. are you doing? Well, uh, it's it's a, a, an auspicious, uh, wonderful start to the podcast. I didn't realize uh, we started. Is that going to count? Yeah, that's going to count. <laughs> yeah. There's no do-overs in that, podcasts. That was the whole song? Yeah. That's it's a little jam. Yeah. Hey. Gus only Gus only goes back on his own technical screw ups. Hey Gus, <laughs> unless I forget to hit record, in which case, because uh, it sounds pretty static. Technical okay. problem. The technical problem was you did not hit record. <laughs> the technical problem was a lack of a mouse click. Hey Gus, it's Jeff. How, how's it going, Jeff? Hey, I got a question for you. Do you remember when you watched my house for me and you had sex in every crevice? How, how can I forget? Do you, when was that? It was uh, like in December. So like a, almost a year ago? Almost a year, about 10 months ago. Exactly. Griffin and I found, uh, apparently after you did that, we bought you a thank you gift, <laughs> uh, but we got drunk and spilled wine on it and uh, completely forgot about it until like last week we noticed and we were cleaning up. We got you a uh, $50 gift certificate to a porn store. Nice. That's awesome. And then uh, I have that, that no is wine on it, right? It and is. Not, like, yeah, no, it's wine. <laughs> I don't have else I should be concerned about. Currently, do not have red semen. So okay. you know, yeah, okay. uh, we should get Jeff a gift of a black light. <laughs> there you go. So I like, I like how incredulous Gus was. You did have sex everywhere in his house. Yeah, that's for you. It's at the the uh, lingerie store right by our house. Nice. I was kind of hoping uh, it would be that porn store kind of near the new office, but I guess <laughs> no. the porn store near the house. Uh, beggars can't be choosers. That's true. Well, right. now, don't, don't most gift certificates have to be used within a certain amount of time? Does that one have That's entirely an possible. expiration date on it? does not have an expiration date on it. <laughs> it's, but it does say, sorry, I spilled wine on your card. I'm going to have a great time explaining this at the point. Sorry. Like, listen, <laughs> I know this gift certificate looks like it's really stained, but it's wine, I swear. I would bet they're not going to bat an eyelash when you <laughs> yeah. that thing. They won't even raise an eyebrow. Hey, Joel. Yes. You're a financial guy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. So how much money are expired gift cards worth to these companies? It's funny because they can't count them in their quarters till like uh, after, they're, after they've either expired or they've been cashed in. Well, it's essentially an but, incurred debt, right? Right. It's on their books right. as a debt. But, boy, they, companies love those gift cards. Yeah, when they, because they, they – Well, they get their money up front. And then there's no guarantee that the consumer will get anything for them. Right. And they book it as a debt, and then all of a sudden they get to put it back on their books as earnings, essentially, right? Right. When, yeah, know, yeah. when they no longer owe the debt to the customers. So. We, we read a frustrating article a couple – it might have been a couple of years ago at this point, Bernie, that was about Best Buy specifically and how much money they made. Do you remember how much it was? It that was, was so frustrating. It was frustrating. I don't understand. Like, it, it was like it was like millions and millions of dollars a no, year that's yeah, I think on expired gift cards. Say, yeah, I want to yeah. say one quarter because it was the fourth quarter, maybe when holidays, when people give those gift cards a lot. They were, I think it was $60 million, I want to say. I'm pulling that number straight out of my ass, but that's God. what I remember. $60 I million. Bucks. I just don't understand if you're if you're running Circuit City, how you let Best Buy undo you. I, I just don't understand. Like if you're Did you City, ever go to a Circuit City? Did you <laughs> no, ever see no, the people but, that work there? No, I think but, it's pretty obvious that they you, fucking how, how hard is it to fix that? Is it that hard? <laughs> Have you never had the experience where you walked into Circuit City and as soon as you stepped foot off the path or onto the red carpet, there were like nine vultures trying to get you to buy a television and a well, refrigerator what, at the same what, time? What time is like, why don't they look at Best Buy and go, oh, well, let's just do that. One time at Circuit City, they, uh, they convinced me that 
Because back when DVD players first came out, they convinced me I should buy an open box DVD player. I would save a ton of money. I was like, fine, I'll buy the fucking open box DVD player. I got it home. There was no power cord in there. <laughs> so I had to go back and I had to buy a power cord. I had to go back to the same dude at the Circuit City. I was like, you knew there was no power cord in there. He's like, oh, yeah. Uh, I figured you had one at home you could use. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, really? Power cord? <laughs> wow. So I ever, uh, that, that was probably, fuck, that was probably like 10 or 11 years ago. And I don't think I ever bought anything at the Circuit City after that. God. I think the big deal at Circuit City was they worked on commission, right? Yeah, they, were, they all worked on commission. So that's always the thing that leads to upset customers, essentially. Yeah. Gavin once told me he worked at a uh, kind of an upscale grocery store. Waitrose. Yeah, in the UK. Waitrose. And uh, he said when he was here in America, he was amazed at the customer service levels that you got with people talking to you because they were trained not to speak to customers. Don't And over in England? Yeah. God, let's move there. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't talk to the customers. Don't bother them. Don't that's, ask them how their day is. Great. They don't, also don't ask them if they need help. Who they that. had specific phrases they couldn't say because they sounded too American. Yeah, like, he couldn't say "Have a nice day." Have a nice day. That yep. it was too. It was not British. He was like you were, you were telling people what to do, and people didn't like that. <laughs> you were telling them to have a nice day. <laughs> do you guys still like it? It's a very guy thing. Like when you're in Home Depot and you're say looking for a wall anchor. And you've walked up the same aisle like five or six times. How long does it take you to go and find somebody and ask them to help you? That's the thing, right? I've noticed that in places where you truly do need the help, you're not getting it. Well, like I, I would never ask for help. At Home Depot? <laughs> At no, Home Depot? Never. Specifically Home Depot, I won't ask for help. No way. I don't want, really? I don't want to emasculate myself in front of some bored dude who gets paid $10 an hour to be better than me. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you what. That, that is the thing because a lot of times they don't really know either and it just turns into a big waste of time. But come on. They've got like – you go to the wall hangers and they've got like 50 feet of wall hangers. Dude, it's just – I, 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 I'm so bad about it that I went to Home Depot a couple months ago, the one by our house, Gus, and uh, I needed some chain because I was, like, chaining something up. No, nothing weird what, dungeon what were you doing? <laughs> I have a, I have yeah, let's, a, let's take that gift card back. And have it I have a fence. I, was, I, I have a fence that uh, doesn't have a lock on it, so I put a chain around it and padlocked it. Uh, it was after my house got broken into. And uh, they have this machine that said, that cuts the chain. Like, you stick the chain in, and you go through a process, and you cut it. Right. And I was looking at it, and I was like, I could probably figure this out. And I looked at the guys over there that were uh, working there. I was like, man, I really don't want those guys to cut my chain for me. And there's all these signs that say, do not attempt to use by yourself. Do not use <laughs> chain. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I could do this, right? So I figured it out, and it was actually pretty satisfying. And I cut the chain, and I was really proud of myself. And then I go up to the counter, and the lady goes, where's the chain tag? And I go, I don't know what that is. And she goes, you didn't cut this yourself, did you? And I was like, uh, yes, ma'am. I didn't see anyone. And she goes, hold on. She hits a button. She's like, can I get chains up front? Or some whatever the fucking the, – uh, section of Home Depot is, and the guy has to come over, and he has to take the chain from him, and he's like, cut the chain yourself, huh? Come on. And we had to go back and measure it, and he had to write out a tag and take me all the way back over, and the whole time lady was just like, looked like I was the biggest piece of shit on the planet. <laughs> they, they have the same policy with the big ladders. Do they? I can already tell you. I was at the top of the big ladder, and boy, did I get yelled at. And it has signs all over, yeah. don't, don't, you're a customer, you're not capable of using a ladder. You're not, yeah, don't you, use you the know, ladder. I read, a staircase. I read an article a couple months ago about this guy, an inventor, who invented like a new kind of saw that was like apparently super safe. And it was used for cutting large pieces of wood. And he was trying to sell them to Home Depot saying, listen, you can really cut down on accidents with your employees. You know, it, it's really hard to, to hurt yourself with this saw. So they ordered like two or three as a test. Um, then they told him the test was unsuccessful and they didn't want to buy any more. And essentially, they just stole his idea and made their own version of that saw and installed it in every Home Depot across have, the country. Did he sue him? He sued them and won several million dollars. Good for him. Good for him. It was like, it was like for what one. the fuck? Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's like if you come up with a really great idea, you know, a lot of times it's for uh, 
you know, I knew a small venture capitalist company that had a very, very great idea, but really you got to sell that sort of technology to Johnson and Johnson. So it's like, how do you go to Johnson and Johnson, sell them the idea, and not have them just go, oh, okay, and then just have them steal it from you? Yeah, it, apparently, uh, Home Depot had to pay him twenty five million dollars. Wow, wow, good for him. <laughs> so actually, he had to like do it that way and have to fight in court for it. Yeah, and it, not know if he was going to get it or not. Yeah, Fucking scumbags. If he had bought, it says that if Home Depot had just bought the devices outright in the first place, it would have only cost him four million dollars. That's usually the case because I just read about the uh, finance minister in Ireland. Gave the bank four point two billion dollars to bail them out, but that day they could have bought the bank for eight hundred and thirty million dollars. We're in weird times. It's weird times, but it's, it, it seems to be the bailout thing seems to have worked. I mean, in sense in the sense that things are starting to turn back around. The only thing that doesn't seem to be catching up is unemployment. Joel, you're a financial guy. Do you agree with that assessment? That's very true. I, I don't know. I, the thing is, I have to limit myself to what I have to say because I have so much <laughs> to say about it. I'll bore the hell out of everybody. It'll be like we'll, we'll, Gus with World we'll, of Warcraft. We'll have to we'll have to recategorize the uh, podcast as financial uh, podcast. Like they, maybe we'll get on the top. Like the Fed, like uh, approved like QE two, like more bailout uh, yesterday or whatever, and then the same day they launched QE three, which is the big boat. That's weird. All uh, all reports are that <laughs> I have no idea. also all reports are that TARP was a success. The government has already made back the majority of the money that they loaned out. No, and certain, now we in got certain, political. In certain cases, now directly just which I talking. said you can no, go, you can go back it. you can go back to those podcasts. And I told you, I said, I said that I told you exactly which ones were going to be successful. Like with the car companies, like the government will make money on this. Oh yeah, they did. I, I guarantee you. But that's not the danger. The danger is looking forward and the amount of debt and the amount of real estate that they've taken off the market and well you also have to look at it uh, a bunch uh, they did a, a bunch of smart people did a bunch of analysis and determined that had the bailout not taken place unemployment would be around 16 or 17 percent right now no the, i that's the thing i think i agree i think it was the right move because you had to do it yeah you had to do it but now you got to stop you can only push that button a certain amount of time i couldn't agree with you more yeah i mean yeah, you want to wean people off of that uh that bailout money. You've got right. to. I mean, look at the dollar is just like, you know, careening mm-hmm. lower. Yeah. And in other countries are scrambling to like lower the value of their currency. It's like everything is just, I don't know. Okay, wow. kids, you can tell your I, parents to stop listening to the podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> or to- I am so bored by a conversation I helped start. I know. So let me go here. When you guys burp, your ears shut off for like a second. Yes. So you don't know how loud you burped. Do you ever have that? Yeah, of course. Some okay. of my burps do that, but I don't feel like all of my burps do that. I feel like it's a defense mechanism feel- my, my head has against my throat. I feel like the bigger burps I have, my ears don't shut off so it makes me like extra proud what does that mean like if i burp quietly i feel like my ears turn off but if i burp really loud then my ears don't turn well off. maybe well, you're cutting yeah. off the whatever it is hmm. maybe you're over maybe i'm blowing out my uh, defense mechanisms yeah, <laughs> you know there's three burps right there's the burp that you <laughs> there's the burp that you hear there's the burp that the other person hears and then the burp in reality is different so that's a weird, that's a weird <laughs> thing. What did you think about that? Well, yeah, this is a way better conversation. What reality is there besides you and the other people in the room? Exactly. Some alternate Hadron reality. Collider. Well, the other thing about Home Depot, though, as I have to say, is like Jeff had this chain thing. Whenever I'm at a station like the chain cutting station or at the circular saw station, there's a button there that says push this button for assistance if you need help, like you want to cut your window blinds or something. When you God push that button, a guy up. will only push that button one time because you push that button and it announces across the ins- entire store – Customer needs help at chain cutting station. And you're sitting there like a dope. Like you're, well, they, the, mu- they must the know. Fun of you. <laughs> they must know. It's like, well, just they'll only push it once and they'll never push it again. Yeah. And the other thing, too, they have a policy at Home Depot where 
they I think they have to walk you to whatever you ask about. Like I just want to know what yeah. aisle has. Oh this. god, I hate that. It's just like where you know where's the. I don't know, the fucking drill bits. Oh, come on, let's go. No, 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 just tell me the number. I can see. <laughs> no, no, they got to, like, fucking lead you by the hand. No, it's true. It's they like don't, a they don't guide tell you. Or... They don't tell you, and it's like you're walking on the way, and you try and get the information out of them. Yeah. You know, so it's like, near seven. It's like they started an escort mission in World of Warcraft. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> I, uh, I have another embarrassing Home Depot story, if you'd like to hear it. Also at the Home Depot by our house, guys. Go for it. I, you know how you like you go to a, a place enough, and if you own a house, you go to Home Depot a lot, uh, unfortunately, and you start to recognize the employees because you see them around all the time, right? Right. Well, there was this one dude who I would see all all the time at Home Depot. So I went up to him. This is a couple months ago, and I said, "Hey, you work here, right?" And the guy goes, "No, I don't work here." And I was like, "Are you sure?" And he's like, "I'm pretty sure I don't work here. Why would you think I work here?" And I was like, "Oh, I see you here all the time." And the guy goes, "Why would you be seeing me? What do you? Why, why would you remember me?" And I was like, "I really don't know. I'm sorry. I just I thought you." Every time I come into Home Depot, wow. you're here. And he's like, how did you notice that? And I'm like, I, <laughs> I just thought you were an employee. I recognize the cashier, too. I, and it was very awkward, and I just kind of backed away. Did he always I wear an orange shirt I thought the guy was going to attack me. Was he always know? wearing, like, orange? I mean, why would you think that someone I just, I swear there? to God, every time I'd ever been to the Home Depot, I saw that guy. And I'm like, that guy must work here. It fucking sucked. He probably thought, he probably thought I, was, he, I was coming on to him or something. And I was like, no. And he's like, why, why are you remembering me? I'm like I don't know, sir. Why would, that's like weird. The, Why the would he moment get so you realize that there's yeah. a stalker, he was creeped out by it. But uh, he is there all the time. In my defense, Home Depot is one of those places now too that has those, uh, and they see them everywhere. They have those self checkout stations for uh-huh. you, don't get, yeah. you don't get a cashier, or you get the one cashier for every four customers who are royally screwing up. I, yeah. I don't know how I feel about that, those things. See, uh, the thing that annoys me about that is Home Depot in particular will only have the self-checkout lines open and no regular checkout lines open. That's true. Unless you go all the way down to the end to, like, the contractor checkout. Well, that's, like, a lot of places now. They have, yeah. If they have self-checkout, there's five of those open and there's one regular one open. Yeah, and if... I, I feel like there are maybe three people in Austin who know how to use the self-checkout line efficiently. Oh, God. Everyone else is there like, what's it? what? What do I scan? Yeah, I don't know what to hit. They're like swiping their credit card before they even start scanning anything. And one of them's always out of order. That's well, the, the thing is, is like sometimes or a lot of the times you enter into that situation where the dude in front of you, you're like, how freaking incompetent is the dude in front of me? This is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And then you get up there and you realize, oh, the seven on the keypad doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now you're that. that dude. and You see the dude behind you <laughs> looking at you and now you're that guy. You know, I feel like I run into that a lot, though, at self-checkouts and ATMs. It's like two dude. things you – self-checkout, ATM, well, yeah. it's like the two things you, you deal with all the time. And in, in particular, I know what Joel's laughing at. I fucking hate at Best Buy when they have to walk you through how to use the credit card terminal. It's like a game. Yeah, it's like I have to I, – I always try to use it faster than they can tell me how to use it. It's like, <laughs> it's is the good. information okay there? Hit correct. I'm like, eh, like you scrap your card, sign the thing. You know, you know where those things break down, right? Grocery stores. Because if you're the kind of person like I am who buys alcohol with yes. every single purchase, exactly, then it ends up taking way longer. Because then they have to like it's like hold. The let's whole... make sure you're old enough, and then somebody has to walk over mm-hmm. very boredly and check your ID and go buying more wine today, huh? And they're like, yes. <laughs> don't don't spill this on any gift certificates. Yeah. Gift cards. They're like, you know, you were just here yesterday buying wine. If you buy six at a time, you get a discount. And they're like, why, <laughs> why, why do you remember me? <laughs> why, why do you know this? <laughs> I, I, did that, I did that yesterday. I bought six bottles of wine. There you go. 20% off. And Good for you. It's, 
Stop. What a weird, what a weird thing to bulk purchase for people. It's like, why not cigarettes too? It's like, you know, if you well, if, if you, you buy a carton, we'll give you a massive discount on it. You do, don't you get a discount if you buy a carton? Yeah, but not, that's from the manufacturer. That's right. not from the store yeah. encouraging you to buy more. And that's pretty universal around like every grocery store, at least in Texas. If you buy six bottles of wine, you get twenty percent off. Yeah, I guess. And then some grocery stores even have like that little cardboard six pack for the wine bottles that you can like put whatever. Mm-hmm. They wine gave me a you bag. Want. They gave me a bag made of material, and I got to keep the bag. And then really? I, like now I look at this empty bag. This, it makes you want to refill it. Like, exactly, it? it's a marketing tool. It's brilliant. <laughs> Why are you everything okay? Why are you buying six bottles of wine? What's going on? There's nothing wrong with that. Are you having a Don't party judge. that you're not telling us about? I have a secret party. Yeah, there you go. You know. So did was I the only one? I, I know we missed this last week. Was I the only one who noticed that uh, Cataclysm has a release date finally? December sixth. December seventh. Seventh. A date that'll live in infamy. Yeah. Hey, speaking of that, did you see WoW just hit twelve million subscribers? Yeah, I heard about that. That's crazy. So what about the what about the Taliban thing? Huh? <laughs> right, they EA no longer has a Taliban in the game. Before we you get too what? far away, can I tell a quick story about ATM? Sure, <laughs> do it. This is the closest I've ever. Well, I'll explain it after. But I was one time I was at Seven Eleven. Remember the one right by campus, the one that was on uh, Guadalupe? Yes. So I, I was one. at the Seven Eleven. It's that Seven it Eleven had that room where you go to use the ATM. Yes, which is like the mugging room. It always right, feels like right. I think it's where video games. No escaping. Be. You can't escape. It's like closed off. And I was I was in I was waiting behind a guy who I walked up. He's sitting there just staring at the ATM machine. You always see those people with that blank look at the checkout, self checkout or the ATM, and he's just looking at it and looking at it. And I finally go, um, "Are you using the ATM?" And he goes, "Oh, oh, sorry, uh, didn't see. You. Uh, no, no, go ahead, go ahead." <laughs> so I go I go up and I put my card in. It says, "Please insert card." So it sucks in my ATM card. Goes makes a click noise, uh, and then it says, "Please insert card." And so I hit cancel, uh, cancel, uh, cancel. Uh, uh. And I go, I go, this thing ate my card. And the guy goes, it did the same thing to oh. me. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Why wouldn't you fucking warn me? It's like, I, the closest I've ever come to knocking out a perfect what the stranger. Fuck? Isn't that like a common scan where, a sca- uh, scam where people will put a card reader in there or whatever and it will steal your... No, yeah. it's a scanner on top of the scanner yeah. so that when you swipe your oh, card, it reads it. And then there's always, always too, a little camera that, uh, that watches, your pin. watches your pin being punched in too. So they say you should cover with your hand while you do your pin. Or just look for cameras. Or, or it's like a little pinhole. I mean, you can't tell a camera these days. Yeah. No, I feel like you could see the uh, the the extra reader on top of the original reader. It, it, I feel like I know there are some that look pretty good, but most of them that I see online are pretty obvious. But for those people who appear to be using the ATM for the first time, you know, they're always in line in front of you. They probably have, have no chance of noticing. Yeah. Well, fuck them. I'm only concerned about me. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely nothing as like worse as your card getting chewed up and spit out. I mean, that is that's like a week of your life gone. Yeah, tracking that thing down and getting a new one. Yeah. One time when we went to E3, I think it was the first E3 we went to as well. Maybe it was back in '04 or so. Uh, like the day I was going, I was going to the airport to get on the plane and leave. I stopped at the ATM uh, on Riverside to get some cash. You know, got my cash, got in my car, started driving to the airport. And I was like, I left my fucking card at the ATM. Ooh. I went back, it was gone. I was like, I'm about to get on a fucking plane and fly halfway across the country, and I just lost my fucking debit card. So I had to call the bank, and they were like, oh, yeah, most likely the ATM just, just ate it. When the card sits there for more than a minute, yep. it'll just suck it in. That beeping noise it makes if you leave it. Now, if you left it on uh, – one time I walked up to an ATM, and it's one where you just swipe. You don't leave your card in it. And the guy in front of me walked away. I walk up to the ATM and says, would you like another transaction, yes or no? So it's like I have access to this guy's bank account if yeah. I want to, and I called the guy back. But I wonder how many times that's happened to people where – they just walk away from an ATM not realizing. I, I, I always wait for, like, that splash screen to come back up. I feel like I have to wait, like, an extra five seconds. I'm just staring. It's like, okay, it's done. It's like when you draw the line on your check so people can't fill in other numbers, right? <laughs> yeah. You don't trust anybody. 
Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt now. Uh, back to Medal of Honor. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what were you asking, Joel? I heard that there's ATM machines in Medal of Honor. Yeah. And apparently, no, like the Taliban was taken out, right? Man, last minute? I'm mad about that. I beat, I beat that game. Just beat that game already. And uh, it, Are we allowed to talk about it? Yeah, it came out this week. Yeah, it comes out this week. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we get games in early, so, for Achievement Hunter. Uh, and I beat that game. And the thing that's frustrating to me is they had the Taliban in, and I thought EA had a really good... Uh, explanation for why there was you could play as the Taliban in multiplayer, and they were essentially in every game of Cowboys and Indians. There's a good guy, the Cowboy, typically, and bad guy, the Indians. When you're playing World War II, somebody has to be the Nazis, right? There, there has to be. I a mean, bad they've, guy. They've been, I don't like the characterization with this. They've I don't been, like the characterization of Indians as bad guys, but I'll, I'll follow. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I'm thinking. Oh, like, you, all right, you, how know, about, you like, know they're the bad guys because they're the ones that open the casinos. Yeah, like <laughs> no, uh, no. for if I can put it in perspective for you, like the, Americans versus Mexicans. Right, there has, somebody has to be the Mexican. Nobody wants to be, right? Uh, but um, so they, uh, the military, in their infinite wisdom, decided to ban the game on all Athes military installations, which is like the the mall in oh. the army or, or in the military. It's called Athes. It's a uh, interesting. I don't I don't remember what it stands for. Something exchange. Uh, but uh, that's where you can go buy like DVD players for really cheap and shit. It's like a Target for, right. for the army. Like, uh, like and a PX. Uh, so yeah, it's the PX. That's what it is. Public exchange. And uh, so uh, EA buckled under the pressure and decided to pull the Taliban out. They basically renamed them to opposing force. And so the military said, "Hey, we appreciate that. You were still not going to carry your game." And I played the game, and that game is a five-hour blowjob to the United States military. It is so pro-American that I was ready to get like a pickup truck and put an American flag in the back of it. <laughs> And join the army all over again. It's like, I hate the fucking Taliban. Like, I, I didn't like them before. Now I hate them. Dude, until you're in Medal of Honor fighting... I also understand why Afghanistan is so hard to fight in and the Russians lost. It's fucking terrible in those mountains, dude. It's cold and it's bitter and there's no line of sight. It's and there's a dude with a fucking RPG behind every rock in the entire country. It's terrible. So <laughs> It's fucking terrible. You, you understand Rambo 3 a lot more? I do. Man, I hate the Taliban. And that game is so pro-American. Even at the end, like after you beat the game, there's like a, it's like a, they wrote like a novel of thanks to the armed forces where it's like, you know, this game is dedicated to every single person who's ever, you know, served in the military, blah, like, blah, blah. That for game like was a half dedicated to you. It was. It, I, felt it, I felt it. It was good. And I just like, if I, anybody I, in the I, army, in the higher up had played that game or experienced it, they would buy a free copy for every single person who's ever served in the military. You know what? Um, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's such a pro-American game, and it's fun because of that, too. You get so caught up in it, and the story, by the way, the single-player story, is, I think, way better than Modern Warfare 2. I, I, I hear the multiplayer experience is not as immersive. I can't. You, I mean, I've wanted to play it before. Now I, now, now I really want to well, play it. Well, why wouldn't it be pro-American? It's made by a company who compares Indians to Nazis. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, EA, did he really make the statement about cowboys and Indians and, and Americans and did Nazis? Yeah, yeah uh, somebody from EA did. Probably... Yeah, maybe not the best semantical. So I understand it's not politically correct. <laughs> sell, sell EA, <laughs> and I agree. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the apology. They made, nah, they made that comment weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like there was some controversy about that, but I don't feel like it was as big as I thought 
I feel like it was blown out of proportion, I should say. Yeah. Like, the people who were complaining about it were complaining very loudly, but I don't feel like there were too many people complaining about it. The people that were complaining, too, were complaining because they they don't want to put this in kids' hands. This was, like, concerned mothers and stuff. And they did a study and determined that the average age of a person who plays Medal of Honor is, like, 35. Well, right. also, right. Medal I mean, of Honor is a rated majority, M for mature game, yeah. which means you have to be 17 and above to buy it anyway. Right. So you, you can't... What world do you live in? <laughs> hey, I'm just saying the ESRB, they do a good job of policing that. They do. If a parent buys it and gives it to their kid, then the responsibility is on them. I, the kid's not going to go into the store and buy the game. On a rare occasion. I have gotten carded buying games still. And, and there's got to be a balance. And I think that, you know, they're doing everything they can do within reason. Yeah. I, don't, I don't believe all those average age studies. I don't. You don't? I don't believe that. I think I don't know. I, I think there's some some crazy math going on there. Like I think there's enough ages do you think it's, above do you think it's marketing. Do you think it's a marketing thing? Well, if you average ages, like it depends on how they do it. So the average age of the person are they weighting it by the number of people, or it's like seventeen year olds play it and eighty year olds play it. So the average age is forty five. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the end, you know, it's like it's probably in your interest to serve the demographic of people that have money. Yeah, well, I mean, disposable yeah. income is something else. So though. I mean, even if it's not, you know, even if it's not, that's certainly how you want to. Have it perceived, or you could be like the Drunk Tank podcast. It's from a de- demographic of ninety-five percent of people live at home unmarried yep. <laughs> in basements. <laughs> that should be one of the questions: Do you live above ground or below ground? <laughs> are you a sleigh stack? Yes or no? Or do you live under a bridge? <laughs> when you look out a window, do you have to look up to the window? <laughs> are there bars on the window? Do you see other people's feet through your window? <laughs> <laughs> how, did that, how did that become a thing like that people live in the basement i've never met anybody who lived in a basement i think it was all over and shirley right was it yeah they uh, had they lived in the basement and that we, was always we, like we knew a, someone who uh, lived in the basement from back in drunk gamers on the forum there was someone who uh who lived in the basement is that true <laughs> yeah there's not a lot of bait there's not a lot of basements in, in austin right not in texas no, not in texas no. there's not a lot of basements so, I mean, if you're in Texas, you got a basement, you're committed. So if, that's a weird thing. Yeah. In Texas, there's really no basements at all. If you're really nerdy, you got to be really industrious as well. You, you don't build your own basement. You don't really have a basement. You have an area under your house that has a door. Just and because well, of the how, slope, how do you define you know? a basement? It's walled in. Got to be surrounded an by area like, under a house like with four walls. Got to be surrounded by four walls or three walls. Right? Like, is it a is it a room down there? Yeah, I got a room down there with a washer and a dryer in it. I would define the, the, a basement. The, the, as, the clarification I would make is: you have a dirt floor. Down there, don't oh, you? I have two. You have a dirt I have floor? Well, half basement? of my house is a dirt floor. It's like a crawl space, and the other half is where the laundry room yeah, is. Is that a you dirt live floor, in like though, a, or is that... No, it's concrete. Oh, okay. Does well, all concrete, concrete connect to the dirt floor? I think this means you have to no, it's like a, a it's a, like my basement is like a self-contained thing. It's like a, a, a room under the house. It's yeah. like it finished a, out like any it, other room. But it's a concrete floor. I say it's a basement. Yeah. I also think a basement... It floods in the, when it rains. <laughs> that makes it a basement. Yeah. Yeah, I would go there in a tornado. But I would say a basement would qualify... A house with a basement has a staircase inside the house that leads to the basement. That makes sense? Like, you, you access the basement from within the house. Or through, like, those doors that open up next to the house and you go down. Do you have those doors? Like, cellar no, doors? I don't have You have a doors. cellar. You don't have a basement. <laughs> well, how, can I have a ba- how can I have a cellar without cellar doors? You, you, have, you, you have can doors. tell that this group of people have the, uh, been hanging I'll put it this around way. like city inspectors too much. <laughs> the lately, MLS you know? categorized my house as having a basement when I bought it. So Okay. Well, that's that owner description. Talk shit though. about my basement. I dare you. Your basement's very nice, Jeff. I, Thanks, I like man. it. I should have I I I made fun of Jeff for thinking that the internet basement dweller is based on Laverne and Shirley somehow. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, that's <laughs> the first time I ever remember seeing somebody live below ground where you see like the feet walking by. It's on like the intro to the to the show every week. Not that I watch it still. How long do you think Laverne and Shirley ran? Uh, four or five years? Uh, I'd say like four or five years, yeah. Well, it depends if you count the Cagney and Lacey as the, just the, simply the second part. I oh, man. Yeah. 
Strike <laughs> that from the. Was Laverne and Shirley part of Mary Tyler Moore? Were they? Weren't they based in Minneapolis as well? I don't know. Uh, they were in Laverne and Shirley were in Milwaukee. That's Milwaukee. Yeah. That's what it is. Is Milwaukee? They, were they worked in the Schlitz factory? There was, was a the spinoff to Happy Days. To it was yeah yeah because they were Fonzie's friends right yeah yeah that's right that is right. <laughs> See, Fonzie lived in a garage. I think something spun. I think something spun off of Laverne and Shirley too, though. Jesus, I just looked it up. Laverne and Shirley ran for eight seasons. Yeah, there you go. yeah. That is that's crazy. Does it? I, guess, I, I saw it in syndication. Must have known it went longer than a hundred episodes. There, a, I think there was like a Lenny and Squiggy show after Laverne I and Shirley. I think there was. Yeah. Lenny and Squiggy. There was. There was a Lenny and Squiggy yeah, show. Was. I wonder what the longest string of spinoffs is. Where like Happy Days spins off Laverne and Shirley, it's be, it's and Joni loves Chachi. No, I think it, Cheers. Laverne and Shirley spins off. I mean the longest. I think the thing with the most spinoffs was. Um, would it be like the most connected string I think of it was spinoffs? All in the family because the Jeffersons came off that, and a bunch of stuff came off Jeffersons. Really? Yeah, that could yeah. be. Yeah. Jefferson's were a spinoff of All in the Family. And what was a spinoff of that? Oh, I don't know. I think the longest running not, one, though, was, that was like, that was Cheers and Frasier. Yeah. Right. I'm not talking about like two together. Uh, I'm talking, talking about, about like the, the most spin-offs. Like a, a show that spun off another show that spun off right. a show that's on it. Like. For our international viewers who might not be familiar with American television, we have what are called spinoffs where you have a popular show. It used to be more popular when there was only three or four television networks, but you get a popular show and they would take some of the characters in the show and literally give them their own show. Like they pe- did that with Friends and Joey. Yeah, people outside of uh, America all know Friends, right? It's like the most popular show in the world outside of America. Right. And Friends spun off a terrible show called Joey, which lasted two seasons. You know, a lot of uh, in the last decade, a lot of very popular American TV is based on British TV. That's, American that's Idol, Friends was based on coupling mm-hmm. uh, The Office. Three's Crowd was based off of British well, I mean, is America's Got Talent also based on like Britain's Got Company. Talent? That seems like yes. a, a oh, British yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. And that's, just, that's just a direct port. The X Factor is based off The X Factor. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see um, – did you ever guys ever see uh, – Jeff, you were a fairly big American Idol fan back in the day, right? Sure, man. I'm all about it. Did you guys ever see World Idol when they got all the winners from the pop idol contests around the world and – had him in a big contest. Yeah, didn't that like ugly Irish dude win? He, I think he's a Norwegian dude. Maybe that was it. And his name is Kurt. Oh, Kurt Nielsen, I think. He was good, dude. He can sing Bono like you would not believe. Better than Bono. Probably better than Bono. It, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. While you guys, I'm gonna look it up on YouTube so we can play it. I think the guy also didn't speak English, right? He's a plumber. Well, that's when that's what I learned on World Idol that apparently when you sing. You don't sing with an accent. Nobody yeah. has an accent when they sing, and I didn't because you like that. elongate vowels or whatever. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's a weird phenomenon that I was. I have no musical training whatsoever, so <laughs> I never knew that. So you're talking about playing Medal of Honor? Yeah. I was thinking about. I was going through my compare games the other day because I was seeing if you were still trying to catch up to me on completed games, and seeing how Mass Effect has DLC and now Left 4 Dead has DLC. And, and suddenly you don't have two. nearly as many completed games. <laughs> no, I don't. But I think they fixed that where if you don't download the DLC, it still counts it as a completed it, it, game for you. It's true. So that's cool. I read in the new update that's coming out, like the new new update. I don't know what to call it, the NXXXE or whatever. Uh, Connect that, to one, essentially? Yeah, they're going to have... Uh, the one thing that annoys me about the dashboard right now is it shows you your first com- your completed games, but it only shows you the top 12, and you don't have the ability to drill down and see all of them. What is top 12? The most, like the most 12 recents. Most recent. Uh, they're going to fix that so that you can uh, have a more immersive experience where you can go in and like look at all the games that you've Well, like I say, for a guy who's like run a podcast for over a year now, Gus set our microphones up on a table that is essentially like a drum. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> know why you did that. I haven't had time to do anything in my office. It also doesn't so have a, a, a one square inch of flat space on it. It's like super bowed. I, I think I stole that table from Monty. I think he had a bunch of bottles on it, and I, uh, I took it. 
<laughs> yeah, the thing about this place is we, we need more surfaces. I went out and bought a bunch of little folding tables, and we need to get you a better table here, Gus. Yeah, I've got, it's, it's a temporary solution. We're going to build something out. So I was looking at the Compare Games, and I was Uh-oh. noticing all the games that I have not played. First of all, you talked about Connect. Are you going to buy Connect? Yeah, absolutely. I'm getting you, it for me. Are you going to buy Connect? I don't know. Um, on, the f- on the fence, I don't know. It's got achievements. Also, I'm going to buy a Windows 7 phone, even though I have an iPhone, and I'm not going to use it as a phone. I'm just going to use it to play games. Really? Yeah. It's really interesting. I'm going to buy Connect. I'm not going to buy a Windows phone because I, I don't want another thing in my pockets. That's a big thing with me. If I can find a way to get rid of my car keys, I'm this close to getting rid of my car keys. I'll be so happy. I'll just have a phone and a credit card, and that's it. Okay, here's all the games that I haven't played because I was looking at games that are upcoming, and I thought, oh, I should play Dead Rising 2 because I haven't. I've missed the following games. I missed Dead Space. I missed Rainbow Six Vegas. I missed Gears of War 2. Never even loaded Gears Fantastic of War 2. Fantastic game. Really? Oh, it's great. I loved it. I, I, it seems like a lot of people who played Gears of War 1 felt like there was a drop-off. But I See, I, did, I didn't play Gears of War 1. Ah, I loved ah, 2. Mm, yeah. I played Gears of War 1. I played Gears of War as 1 as well, but it had that big gap in the plot line in mm. the middle of it that made no sense to Oh, me I still couldn't tell you what. I've played both of them, and I couldn't tell you what they're about, but they're fun to play multiplayer in. I, it's also weird, too, that now Gears of War 2, I keep reading, they're going to have... 31 times experience like you know how halo has double xp weekends oh are they really they have 31 See, times XP. this is what's like happening when, with the fed when is that happening yeah, exactly it's, a, it's like xp <laughs> bailout XP inflation when is, that, <laughs> when is that happening because i need that it's, it's around october 31st oh, that's why they're doing thank it. God. The, the chinese have their xp controlled because it's almost impossible to get to level 100 in that game to get that achievement. So china, china is buying all the, the government manipulation of xp <laughs> they do, they do. Sure. they're buying up their xp debt it's, I mean, that's, that's just a broken system. If you go to 31 times XP, yeah. I mean, that's essentially like, you know, if you find a way to cheat and grind. It's silly. Like you did in Halo for your, your <laughs> uh, splash damage achievement. Okay, I, had, I didn't play Bioshock 2, and I want to play Bioshock Infinite. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah you could probably skip Bioshock 2. Uh, I, I never played Splinter Cell, the new one. That was really good. That was I, a good game. Never played Alan Wake. Never played Crackdown 2. I played the hell out of Crackdown. Never even loaded Crackdown 2. Same game. I haven't played Dead Rising 2 yet, which is amazing because that's my all-time Man, favorite game. We haven't game even talked about it? Dead Rising 2 yet on this that's, podcast. It's that's been out for a couple all, that's weeks. That's all-time? Well, probably your second all-time favorite game. Well, it's, it's probably actually now. It's Halo, then the Left 4 Dead series, and then Dead Rising. But mm-hmm. Dead Rising is such a unique game, for, especially for a launch I, title. I it was a great I game. Could, it wasn't yeah, a launch title. It, it came out. Eight months after the Xbox, but it was it was original. So, well, it was yeah. original when it came out. You know, it, it was great. But any any game where it's like there's monsters and no matter where you are in the game, there's one behind you. I wouldn't say it's original. There's one behind. I you. was a uh, well. Yeah, I would, George Romero might. There's uh, one behind. George Romero would definitely. Hit I, uh, for, for a video game. But real quick, let me finish my list. I haven't played Metal Gear yet. I haven't played Mafia Two. I haven't played Assassin's Creed Two. I haven't played Just Cause Two. I haven't played Resident Evil Five. Those are all games that I played the hell out of in previous. So you're versions. not a gamer. I guess not anymore. I guess yeah. it can't be. There's too many damn games yeah, now. It's, it's impo- like, I have not even played any of the Mass Effect 2 DLC, and I loved Mass Effect 2. That's one of my favorite games, I think. You know something funny? funny? I thought statistically there was going to be less games in 2010 than there were in 2009, but companies were dumping more money into big franchises. But, I ha- you know. I'm the opposite, Gus. I haven't beat, left for, I haven't beat uh, Mass Effect 2 yet. Like, I still haven't completed it. I'm at the part where... Uh, Everybody gets kidnapped or whatever, uh-huh. but I've You're played. I've played every DLC. Did you? I think you, I have all the DLC achievements. Did you finish Mass Effect Two? Yeah, several times. Um, Dead Rising Two is phenomenal. You should really pick that one up, Bernie. I, I guess that's what I'll do next. Did you play the first one? Uh, yeah. Is it much better than the? first one? I think one? it's much better than the first one. Really? Yeah. I think they they fixed a lot of the annoyances I had with the first one. The only problem with Dead Rising Two is the fucking loading screens. 
You, mm. you, you get loading screens constantly. It's, yeah, that's, it's the worst. I hear multiplayer's pretty borked. I haven't, I haven't played any multiplayer. Dead Rising was, was that way, the first one. Single player. You go through a door and you get a loading yeah, screen. But, um, it's, it's bad. Installing to the hard drive seems to help a bit, but it's still really, really terribly I'm gonna, slow. I'm going to let you know you're never going to play any of those games because even All if you right. wanted to, you're, get, you're getting further and further behind. Medal of Honor is out this week. Next week, Fallout New Vegas comes out. Next week after that, Fable 3. Next week after that, oh, Call shit, of Duty. Fable 3 time already? Next week after that, Assassin's Creed. Star Wars Force Unleashed 2, new James Bond game. It's not. It's wow. endless. Wow. I can't believe. I can't believe that I haven't played Civ 5 yet. I have played the hell out of every Civilization game ever made. Me too. And I, 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 I played have, every Civ game since the very first one, and I played the crap out of all of them. And it's not even on my radar. It's a. Is it? Is there a Mac port? No. Nope. They're about to make one. Okay. I read the other day that it's coming to Mac very soon. That, hmm. that, that's kind of the one thing, though. I mean, Civ is kind of the same game. Every yeah, time. but it's a good game. Dude, time. no kidding. I've been playing. Gusk turned me on to Civ Rev for the iPhone. Yeah. So much fun. The yeah. new one is supposed to be completely different, too. Oh, yeah. yeah? Like the way they did the movement, they went to a hexagon pattern, like some of the oh. Catan games. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can only have one unit per tile, so you have to choose what to send to fight people. It's interesting. Hey, I have a question. Uh, you know, Left 4 Dead just came out for the Mac, right? Right. Yeah, right. And Steam has that, that new Steam integration with the with the PlayStation Network that's coming out. Yeah. Does Do you guys think Left 4 Dead could become a PlayStation game at some point then? Like, would they eventually port Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2 to the PS3? Oh, well, I'm sure. Why not? I mean, it's it depends. Maybe the next, you know, iteration of the franchise will have it. But I think Gabe Newell has essentially completely reversed his position on the PS3. Brandon mm. harps on that all the time. Because Gabe Newell was one of the first guys. Like, yeah, he hey, was very outspoken. I won't develop for the PS3, paraphrasing here. But, you know, he, he would bash it constantly. And then suddenly was on stage talking about how wonderful the PS3 is. So I can tell you from, uh, from an Achievement Hunter standpoint, that's, that's so awesome for me. Like when... Uh, Gay Tony finally came out for the PS3. My views on Gay Tony doubled. It was like a second life for all of the videos that I did. Because there was a whole new generation of gamers why would looking someone, for those walkthroughs. Why would someone not want to develop for the, the PS? Supposedly the PS3 is hard to develop very for. Di- it, it, the architecture is very difficult. Yes, it was hard to develop for, and it didn't use uh, like open. It didn't use uh, industry adopted standards, huh. which uh, it created a longer lead time on development. Yeah, I, I also think that the PS3 is that we're. We like a lot of American games. Like, even the Japanese titles we like, for instance, Capcom, Dead Rising 2, that's made by a Canadian developer now, right? Yeah, Blue, Blue Castle. Castle. Yeah. Does, it feel, does it feel less Japanese No. as a result? No, I don't think so. Dude, it's exactly like Dead Rising 2. It's War. exactly. The only thing they, that's different I can think of is they removed the photography mechanic. Which is a yeah. huge Japanese thing, like taking the pictures of the zombies and taking pictures. I can see that. Yeah. Oh, one thing about that game, there's no, like, indestructible weapons from what I can tell in Dead Rising 2. Yeah, you really 2. can't book up weapons. I felt like that was broken, though. You yeah. shouldn't have been able to do that. It was that. broken, yeah. yeah. In the first well, Dead they definitely Rising. fixed it. You could, Joel, you could, in the first Dead Rising, you could get, like, a chainsaw from this clown, and then you get these books that made your... If you carried a certain kind of magazine, it would make your weapons last longer and you could essentially get this awesome chainsaw that would last the entire game which in dead rising a big thing is that if you use a weapon long enough it breaks and you have to go find a new one yeah they still that they still have that they're, 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 they still they're, have books the uh the, the weapon customization is awesome too like being able to combine whatever you want and use different different weapons it's just kind of goofy like the my my favorite they're not it's not effective my favorite is the uh the flaming boxing gloves Oh, really? You pour mortar oil on boxing gloves, and you're, like, punching zombies, and they're catching fire. You can, like, pick them up and, like, punch them in the face. <laughs> some, of, some of the stuff I played, Case Zero, which was the arcade prequel to Dead Rising 2, like the 
Dead Rising 1.5. It's like a demo prequel. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, it was a demo prequel of a sequel. Yeah. So it's it, it wasn't before Dead Rising. It was I guess maybe it could have been timeline wise, but anyway. And some of the weapons in there were kind of silly that you would build. Like, you could get a drill and a bucket, and you would make a bucket with a bunch of drills in it, and you could put it on a zombie's head. It was the most inefficient weapon you could ever yeah, possibly you, You'd imagine. have to wait for it to finish killing and drilling the zombie, then it falls off, and you pick it up and go put it on another one. Or you can make the, like, the air horn, which you can use to blow up a zombie's head, but you have to be directly in front of them and pull it down for, like, ten seconds before yeah. it works. Yeah, pretty silly. It's always a case like that, too, is that, I, you know, in games like that, you find the one weapon that's much better than anything else. Like, in Dead Rising, it was the blue chainsaw. Yeah. And in the Case Zero, I haven't played the full game, but in Case Zero, it was just the baseball bat with nails, which the was baseball the first bat one you got. With nails, is very handy throughout the entire game. I don't think there's ever a moment I ever played Dead Rising 2 where I didn't have at least two of those in my inventory. Yeah. But the best weapon is the knife gloves, the boxing gloves with Bowie knives on them. Really? Yeah. It's, it's fast. You get a lot of experience for it. Oh, that's good. If it's a fast weapon, that's what yeah. you want. I mean, and with Devil Rising, too, I mean, isn't it, like, with the first one, isn't sort of the clock always ticking? Exactly? Same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a cool game mechanic where you pe- you play for 72 hours, and then you just restart, and you maintain your character over and over Which again. Which is you, cool. Yeah, I like cool. that. Do they still have, like, that achievement where, like, if you play the game for three days or whatever? No. Oh, that's disappointing. There's something else. There's another game mode in it, that's though. That's a cool it's what a is that, achievement. What is that game mode? What? Anything overtime? that brings in survival no. overtime in the first one. Survival yeah, mode? no, it's like the, I guess it's the sports one. Oh, the terror is reality. Terror is reality. Like yeah. there's some stuff. That's the multiplayer. That. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh, okay. What do I think? Yeah, I really that. Such a cool Dove into it. Anything that like taxes you in reality, like the character that you're playing on the same on a one to one basis. That's cool. Man, you're mm-hmm. just not gonna let this fucking achievement go, are you? <laughs> I don't mean it like that. Let's talk about this all. I don't, I don't mean it like. Do you know the history of this? Let's do. Uh, I, I, know, I know the history. We haven't talked I'm about not, it in I'm three not, or four I'm podcasts. Not, so not, I can go through that. I'm not. I did. Shitstorm again. Why haven't you gotten it? Just out of curiosity, why haven't you got the achievement? Do you see this list of games you got going on here? Oh, I got. I got that. I got to do that too. That's 2010 for you. 2009. This goes back to 2007. They're very busy with achievement hunter. Okay. <laughs> very very busy. Yeah, I was playing. Uh, I was playing modern. Warfare the other day, and I was thinking about the achievement race that we had back then, <laughs> which essentially, I mean, I, Modern Warfare is, I guess you could say the thing that kind of, the game that started Achievement Hunter, in a way, because uh, that fun race that we did in the Mile High Club thing that we did. Absolutely. That, I would, absolutely, yeah. We should probably explain what we did. I fucked myself in that, too, because I gave Bernie a key I mean, piece that, of information that, that he last, didn't know. That last challenge, I, I would have killed myself had I gone through that whole game. And then the last achievement is, guess what? It's not possible. I mean, it was just, that was hard, dude. What we're talking about here is Jeff and, that, and, that, I, and that was just back when, well, go ahead. Was it 2007? Well, I, I mean, like, yeah, we've, entered, we've entered an age Joel, Joel's now. Like, let us go ahead. I'm sorry, I can't help it. We've entered an age <laughs> now where it's like, if you run into trouble on a video game, you go to someone who has already solved the problem for you. Right. Online. That wasn't always the case. Well, wasn't well, the case before me. What we did was Jeff and I, Modern Warfare was coming out. The first one, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Yes. And so we, it was. everybody knew it was going to be a popular game already. And Jeff figured out that all the achievements were single-player achievements. Which we love. And we had talked for a long time about, about having a race, an achievement race. Who can get all the achievements in one game the fastest? And so Jeff and I, we got it. Did we give... We did it over a weekend, right? We did it over a weekend. We started, we started on. You did it. You did it. We quick. started on Friday. We started on Friday. Like we waited. It wasn't launch day, but we waited till Friday, and we said, "Okay, go at noon," and we both raced through the game as fast as we could, which meant mainly finishing the game on veteran, 
and collecting a certain amount of things, uh, like TVs, thirty little Intel things, and there's and, a couple other ones. Oh yeah, Intel, and that got you to 980 points. And that I mean that we were going and marking each other's progress. Jeff went offline to hide his progress and kind of like you know subvert his own work. I got to 980 before you did, but you blew me away on the fucking. You say blew you away because 980 took us to a thing Mile called High the Club. Mile High Club, which was a bonus level that you had to beat on veteran to get the last achievement. That was essentially the entire race. It took me f- uh, like 500 tries. It was Jesus. it was endless. It was over and over and over again. I probably did it at least 250, 300 times. And at least that, that, what was the achievement? It was to go through that last airplane level on veteran, and, on veteran, and like kill the free the hostage essentially. But did you have to do it in a certain you amount do of it time? A minute and a half, I think. No, it was a was it a minute and a half. That might have been at ninety seconds. Yeah, you had to run through the the, the bottom floor of an airplane, kill about. 25, 30 guys, then go upstairs and kill about 15 more, and then shoot a hostage taker in the head behind the hostage. It's, and it's 60 seconds. seconds or left. 60, 60 seconds. seconds. 60 seconds, sorry. And it's, um, I can't believe I forgot that. I did so many times. It's rough because there's a lot of patterns you learn, and there are sometimes when you play it, if a pattern pops up, you know you can't do it. So you got to wait for the right pattern. And it's, you sound you like have, fucking King of Kong. <laughs> you, have to rely, well, it's, that, it was, you have to rely on AI to do a lot of the killing for you, which is d- tough. That, Very that, terrifying. That's the one thing I don't like about video game scenarios sometimes when you have to do something over and over again to the point where you now – it's no longer a game. You now understand the mechanics of everything that's going on around you, and it's a, it's a zero-one proposition where it's like, okay, either I got this one or that one. Oh, this is impossible. You know, it's just it, – when you break a game down to that level, the game's lost because it's – that's not a game anymore. I should break that out today and see if I could do that run again today. I bet I could. I, I remember it, yeah. I can tell you turn for turn and person for person running through that thing Dude, where everybody is. I can see it in my head right now. <laughs> it's horrible. I know, I know when it? to throw the flashbangs. Did you, go I, in, did you go left or right on the first? Remember, like Go left. You, you go, go left, left into the room. The conference room. Yeah, yeah the conference and then, room. And then what do you do? Then you shoot the guy in the head with the silence. Well, then you flashbang. When you're running through the conference room, yeah, you shoot the guy. You throw a flashbang over his head, then shoot him in the head. Yeah. The flashbang goes over his head into the first row of seats. Right. Where there's like six dudes. Yeah, six dudes. There's two on the left, two on the right, and right. there's two guys by the doors. Right. You run through Maybe. them, knife one or two if they get in your way, because sometimes they'll trip you up, like you can't walk over them. But they're on the ground, like, because ah, they can't see. Then if you threw that, you hit the wall on the right side, at least I did. And the hallway with two entries. Yeah, you're pretty good there. <laughs> then... <laughs> Then the next room is the room where the fucking explosion is. The next row sees there's decompression thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to get through that. There's a a wall on your right that you can hide. I didn't even go through it nearly as many times, but I went through it a lot, and I know exactly what you're talking about. The where it gets tricky is when you have to go up the stairs. Do you go up the left or the right? Yeah. That's the tough part. And what is it, left or right? I went went right. And you're sprinting that entire time. Do you go left or right? Uh, I went right. You remember? If I go upstairs, I go absolutely. I go upstairs, go right. Then you're when you get up, you go upstairs. You turn around and come back up. It's one of those staircases with like landing. Yeah. You come back around. Then you look up, and just as you crest the top and see the over the top of the top stair, you throw a flashbang into the room. Come up, shoot all the guys. Then run into the room where you shoot the, through the flashbang. There might be a dude right there on the right, or there might be a dude on the left. That's kind of random. Cocksuckers. Yeah. Those and then dudes. and then you stab one of them and try to run past the other guy before he recovers enough to shoot you. Then three dudes come running down the hallway. And you shoot them, 
and then turn left, turn right. There's the doors. And what's, what's funny and is, as you all were describing this, I was watching a YouTube walkthrough of it here, and you got you still know it. Yeah, no, dude. It's I, I'll it's I'll, I'll remember mind. it on my deathbed. But and the thing about it is, like when Bernie was saying, like especially upstairs where you you stab one guy and let the other guy go, and then you run down the long hall. The your AI has to kill that guy because he will turn around and kill you. So you have to like n- go fast, but not so fast that you're too far ahead of the AI. Yeah. that's helping you. It's fucking tough, dude. Yeah, you can't leave your teammates behind. God damn. Yep. It's fucking I, and tough. I even remember that that like three second cinematic where they're cutting through the hatch at the beginning. Uh-huh. I saw. I had to listen to that a thousand. And times. then by the time you're in that room. You're out of flashbangs, like you've thrown your last flashbang, and there's flashbangs on the table, and it's like, right. do you take the time to get the other flashbang for the end of the long hallway, or do you... Ugh, I ugh. did. I would take that. I, I did, too. Up. I did, too. <laughs> it's a good achievement. I mean, it's definitely, like, it, it harkens back to the old days that was a good, of yeah. video games. So you said nowadays, and I saw a cartoon on Reddit about this, where the classic arcade games, like people who played the Nintendo era, you didn't have the internet. It's so weird, because you'd hear it somehow from a friend of a friend. It's like, where did it come from? You know, it was all word of mouth. You know? But even if you knew it, it was like you had to the, – the, the way they showed this was they showed the panel was a classic game. It's like, well, I've played this game for about 80 hours, and I'm almost to the point where I can make it through with my three lives through 10 levels and make it to the second to last level. And said, and here's today's gamer. It's like, man, I've been on the same room for five minutes. I got to get on the internet and find <laughs> yeah. a, a cheat the answer. Or, or how come I don't have a checkpoint? What a shitty game, you know? When I mean, even a checkpoint. You didn't have those in the play Nintendo fucking, days. Play fucking ghouls and goblins. But you, you know get what? One checkpoint halfway through the halfway through the level, and that's it. I'll yeah. tell you though, checkpoints. Yes, I don't care. You know, checkpoints. Yes, checkpoints are a good thing. I don't care. I don't want to repeat crap. I don't want to repeat crap. Yeah, that's that's how you play Call of Duty. You play for checkpoints. Yeah, and I'm fine. That's good. The interesting thing about Call of Duty on veteran is that you get your checkpoints are awarded by uh, time. Like, so if you go fast enough, you can get a checkpoint. If you don't, there is no checkpoint. Oh, interesting. Which is the key to beating the last level in Modern Warfare, actually. And uh, Modern Warfare 1. And that's a... I like that mechanic. Because you're, like, you're rewarded never, for playing quickly and fast. You, because nobody tells you. There's nobody yeah. to know. You have to figure it out on your own. I, you, know what I, you know what I think you should do? I think you guys, having done this, and I did this this weekend, you guys should do another achievement race for beating Halo Reach on Legendary Solo. Because there's an achievement associated with that. Yeah. And that... That will that will destroy you. I'm, I'm already, I haven't even started. I'm, I'm about I get, halfway I, I, through. I hear people talking about it. It's like, oh, well, I get upset with them. <laughs> it's called the Monument to All Your Sins. Yeah. yeah. And good Lord, was that hard. You beat that, though, and you get 270 points because there's two achievements tied up with being an It doesn't matter. It, what matters is that I have that achievement. I can lord that over anybody. <laughs> oh, you have, You do? Oh, I got it this last weekend. Dude, I haven't how played. Much, how long did it take you? I had, I had a sick kid, and so he yeah. was like, you want to watch me play Halo Reach for, did, you know? How the Rising 2 has kind of derailed my, my uh, progress with that, but I'm going to get back to it, hopefully hopefully how, tonight. How far have you gotten? I've gotten up to where you, after you fly the spaceship and you have to land onto the cruiser and kill the communication crew. Okay. That's where I'm at. Okay. Fair enough. So how, you, how where you have to drop in and yeah, like my, essentially the assembly multiplayer. I, I've, I've been trying to drop in for about 50 tries now, and I cannot drop in successfully. Right. So. And then you have to go fight all the way to the bridge. That yeah. bridge, is, when you get to the bridge and all your AI are dead, there, there for been, sure. There have been some very frustrating parts in that game so far, and this is it, – it's tough. It's really, really tough. Bungie was very cool and did a very cool thing where they put – our names as troops that you can be assigned in Halo Reach, like the little guys who add into your squad. Yeah. So there was a couple times where you guys were actually in my squad. You fucking suck. You guys both <laughs> died right away. I, it I it was almost like a real co-op much. experience because you guys were dead immediately. Were you screaming like a little girl? Because that's a real co-op experience. <laughs> yeah. Ah, there's a covenant. 
fucking get it like, off me there's a fucking plasma grenade your feet just fucking move <laughs> the hardest one for me i have to say out of the whole thing and i'm sure everyone who's done this you know all five of us in the world hopefully because that was hard but the hardest part for me was there's that level exodus where it's the one where you're going to the city after you spoilers unreached by the right. way after you land back on the planet mm-hmm. after you're pushed out of the space station or out of the spaceship um there's this thing there at the end where you have to activate those two buttons, and then you have to go up to the building and right. turn on that last one, mm-hmm. hit that last button. First two buttons were a breeze. Getting from that last button into the building took me probably an hour and a half straight to move about 50 yards. Yeah. I mean, it was just relentless. Let me ask you this. Excellent. In general, uh, what is what is a harder gameplay mode across the board, veteran in a Call of Duty game or legendary in a Halo game? It, I always just go to the hardest levels. Um, so, so what's harder? The hardest? Which one's harder to beat on the hardest the, level? The hardest level on, on Modern Warfare. I didn't, I didn't play Modern Warfare two. I guess I did play you a did, veteran. You, I did. didn't. you you had a tough time on that one where you have to clear the house out and then run down to the helicopter. You had to run down the hill to the helicopter. Yeah, and you guys you run across the rooftops. You mean? No, no, no. Across Modern the, Warfare across two. The, across the oh, field. that was a glitch though. Mine yeah. was glitched. I just restarted and I beat it in like a minute after oh, okay. that, and that was really weird. I every time I got to the point where I was supposed to get the cutscene, I would there would be an explosion. I would die, mm. and I was thinking, what am I doing wrong? And finally, I just said, forget it. I killed my checkpoint and restarted. But I wouldn't say Modern Warfare two is that hard. I agree. Modern, Modern Warfare one. Yes, Modern that, Warfare one was harder than two. There was a Ferris wheel level. <laughs> the Ferris on Modern wheel level. Warfare. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. But you know what? That was a blast. No, no, it was. No, so, it wasn't. God, that I was so hard. It took me three hours to beat that level. I wrote a journal I, I, about that. I, one. I love levels where it's a super hard level, but you get to at least have the time where you control the beginning of it. Where it's like, okay, I have some planning. Where this is where you set out the charges and you set out, where you control the space to some extent. But in, in the, the beginning, you know, when yeah. you're doing those run-throughs and you have those levels where you do five minutes of setup and then you just get killed by the you – know, like you miss this one shot and so that, well, that one guy kills you. So you got to do the setup over and over but again. But that, that was the one experience. I've had only a handful of experiences where I just got killed over and over and over again. Didn't mind it. Had a blast. So and that's one of them. Are you saying that the Ferris wheel level in Modern Warfare was the hardest level in Modern Warfare to complete? Yeah, I would say that was – of the veteran levels, that was definitely one of the hardest levels I've, I've ever played. I mean Mile High Club wasn't part of the campaign. Right. But, I mean, there was stuff on Legendary where I was like – this can't – I was like – I literally said at some points, I know this can't be done. I I know mm-hmm. I can't beat a room of five zealot elites mm-hmm. with an engineer giving them extra shields. I just it can't physically be done. It cannot happen. And, uh, like I said, I'm not all the way done yet, but the um, the part where you have to cover June as he's like setting up the – it's on nightfall. As he's setting up the explosive on the cloaking shield. Oh, yeah. And the dropship comes and drops elites and two hunters. Mm-hmm. I, I about put my controller through the TV. I, it was like it was like just permutations. It's like how, you know what, what cover am I going to run to and run to? What order do I have to kill everyone in? You know, what weapons do I have to pick up? Because I'm running out of ammo constantly. I can say with the utmost confidence, I now know why the Halo Reach console comes with two controllers. <laughs> you will need that second controller yeah. when you smash the first one yeah. into oblivion. What do you think was the hardest level to complete on Legendary and Reach? It was Exodus for me. Exodus. It was the, it was the very very last checkpoint. On 
on Exodus. And I'm sure there's some people who like did it in four seconds, mm-hmm. you know, because they had the right weapons. If you don't like, that's that's the that's what I find the most frustrating is that yeah. when you're in a scenario and you're like, well, I don't have the right weapons, I'm kind of screwed here. And it's just like, then it's like, do I go back and blah, blah, blah. you just play the whole level again to yeah. you know understand what I'm about to get into? Yeah, yeah, they really do a good job of making you uh, pick and choose. And then on some of those levels, you're just scrounging for anything you can find. That's to, uh, that's to complete. I felt like all the yeah. time it was like I don't have enough ammo, I don't have enough weaponry, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I also was dumb too, where I like got I had at one point I had a fuel rod cannon that I think had, which is the alien equivalent of a rocket launcher essentially, and I think it had twenty eight rounds in it. I thought this is gonna, this is my trump card, and I kept that thing forever. It didn't matter. I should have just abandoned it for a plasma pistol. Yeah. At any point in time. A plasma pistol and DMR or that needle rifle. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way to go on legendary. Anything ranged. I hate the. Uh... The assault rifle. I don't want to get up close. I want to stick to the DMR and pistols and needle rifle. Anything from 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 range where I can hide behind cover. DMR is a tremendous weapon. Absolutely fantastic. You look like you're going to blow up. I'm going to blow up because there's something <laughs> there's something I hate in Halo Reach. I mean, there's something that that if I ever see this in real life, which is impossible, it's a fictional game. I will punch it in the face, but I won't be able to because I won't be able to hit it. I don't know if everyone else has this problem. What the fuck happened with jackals between Halo Three and Halo Reach? I cannot kill jackals to save my life. Are you talking dude. about jackals or the skirmishers? No, dude. I'm talking about straight up little yeah. dopey birdie jackals. I've, I've noticed I have a lot more trouble with jackals now than I used to. I hate the. I would rather face a elite than a, like three jackals. I mean, they are they are impossible. I save my grenades just to kill jackals. I have a lot harder time hitting that little weak spot that they have. Yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like it takes more shots to take them down as well. They're yeah. more. They move around a lot more too. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Everything moves. They also, like in Legendary, you have the thing where anytime you have like the DMR or something that's a scoped weapon, where you're like zoomed in and you like shooting an elite in the head, it takes like it takes like ten shots with the DMR to take your shields off, and you get that pop and your shield comes off, and then instantly something taps you and it takes away your zoom. Yep. Yeah. It's like they have the timing on that. Yep. So perfect, and you just want to like tear your hair out when that happens, and then the elite just like ducks behind a rock, yeah. and you're just like you're in agony knowing you've got to do all that again. But seriously, I mean, the, the, I don't know what they did with the jackals on Reach, or what the you know it's a prequel. So what did the jackals lose? But I mean, jackals are, jackals were my nemesis on Legendary. They are just they are so hard to take down, and they're they're like they're almost like a step up from a grunt, right? So yeah. they throw like five or six of you at a time. I feel, I feel like every time I interface with those guys, and I, I haven't gotten very deep in the Legendary, but it's like I've wound up running up, punching them, punching them, punching them. Yeah. <laughs> well, good luck with that on Legendary because if you if you come out yeah. and cover, it's just like what, you, the, you take two steps and you're dead. Like an in, in Exodus, the level I'm talking about, all you have to do, you don't have to kill anything. All you have to do is touch a button, and that the level's over. But it's just, it is impossible to wade through I that I found crack. myself doing a couple of end rounds where it's just like, okay, I'm just going to pass this up, especially yeah. in the early level. But in this case, you can't. You have to get you to, have the to, have to, have to the button. Yeah. Well, you could do it You could do it on the club Arrera level where you have to fight four hunters in that, that yeah. one club. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I just, yeah. Uh, you just book it, you yeah. know. Yeah. Why does anybody fight those hunters? I don't get that. Like, I was doing the the uh, campaign, the first weekly challenge to beat it on Heroic, and I was doing a co-op with a bunch of people, and I was back at the Falcon going, let's take off, and the guys were like, the, they're like, why aren't you helping with the hunters? And I'm like, why the fuck are you, why would you waste your time with those hunters? Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, even on Legendary, you can bolt right by them. That's nice. Yeah, that's the best thing to do. I actually thought about, on Legendary, trying to uh, initiate that little party. How, t- how tough is it, oh yeah, you could do that to circumvent that. How tough is it to get through... I have things that I haven't played on Legendary yet. I mean, I, I played the the level where you have to, I think it's uh, New Al- I don't remember the name of the level, but it's the one where you have to get the tank to survive. 
yeah. through Legendary. I did that achievement. Going back into Sword Base? Yeah, going back into Sword Base. That's the only thing I've touched in Legendary. But when I think about stuff that would be really hard, the part that Gus is stuck at seems like it would be impossible. But also the part early on in... Uh, it's shaking his head. Yeah. yeah. The part early on on that uh, Club Herrera level where you have to go into the hospital and go all the way to the back and get the shield generator or whatever, and you have that one long hallway that's full of brutes. Yeah, yeah it's a hospital like, level. Yeah, the hospital level. You go down that circular You go down the spiral, and, and then that seems like it would be like next to impossible. There, there's a um, – it's when you're coming back. Brutes have a thing where they don't have shields, so you can use the needler and just waylay brutes. The, the mm-hmm. needle rifle and the needler are just – I mean, they just tear brutes up. Um when you're coming back, though, you have all those jumping jetpack elites. Yeah. And that's I just... I hate those. All it is checkpoints your friend. Okay. And yeah. that medic bubble shield, that does nothing in Legendary. I mean, you have to be behind a corner. It's just a healing unit that you have to hide to use because you can definitely those, not those, pop that bubble shield and hope for any Those are the things that annoy me the most. The jetpack. Even, even in multiplayer, when you're playing against people and they have jetpacks, fucking hate them. I'd rather fight a dozen of those than one jackal. <laughs> How about a jetpack jackal? It's a horror story. Those jackals are so terrible on Legendary. I can't believe how hard it is to fight those things. They're they're nothing in any of the other Halo games. They're fodder. And they're just – I see one. I'm like, oh, no, a jackal. I have no grenades. What am I going to do? Yeah. Hologram would be great if Hologram was present more often. Because if you get those stupid jackals to turn around, then you could be in business. But Yeah, they're really good with their shields. Another question, too, and it's just because I played so much Halo Reach this weekend that I have all these questions. It sounds like you guys are really attacking the single player more than multiplayer. But Yeah, oh, yeah I've played, I think, 130 Reach games, which I was surprised to see because I, I don't feel like I've played a lot of multiplayer. Flash, uh, one of our buddies, has played 850 games so far. What rank is he? Uh, I want to say he's Lieutenant Colonel. Really? I want to he, say he's he up is. there. He's up there. Yeah. And, uh, like, um, I know somebody, um, somebody else we know has a thousand points. I can't remember who it is. Every, every single time I've logged into Reach, he's on. Yeah. Every time. There's not a single time I haven't logged in where he's not logged in. I think I played 2,500 total games of Halo 2, and that was ridiculous. And that was over two or three years. Damn it. He's played 800 games in, what, a week? Or a week and a two, half? Two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. He even posted a tweet that was like, I don't get a chance to do this very often, but I'm going to relax Friday. And it was a picture of Halo Reach and, like, a bottle of booze. And I was like, how the fuck do you not have – you are obviously playing Halo Reach 24 hours a day. I think he meant he doesn't drink very often. Ah, that must be it. <laughs> oh, you didn't even see that part of it. That's just normal Friday night for you. Drinking at the house. Normal Wednesday I, I, I don't even know what his rank is. What is that picture? <laughs> I'm looking, I'm looking on, on Bungie.net. It's like... I also feel like, Joel, there's rewards... Yeah, Lieutenant Colonel Grade 3. There's rewards yeah. for playing campaign, ongoing. Like, they, they, you continue to get credits and you continue to rank your multiplayer That's a good up. point. Yeah, That's one, of, one point. of today's yeah. daily it challenges... Should, it should be that way. ...is to beat, to kill 50 elites uh, in campaign. Is it a daily challenge? Yeah. Hmm. I'm just trying to think where you do that. Um... Yeah, they've had that one before, haven't they? I don't know. I think I think so. Yeah, I've, I've gotten that one. I got that one on. <laughs> it's funny where I am now in the legendary campaign. When you're playing legendary and you have to die and restart constantly, you you end up killing 150 elites pretty quick. Yeah, I think I did it on yeah. uh, the long. Uh, I think I did it just on the long night of solace level. Right, because checkpoints it just keeps your tally going. Right. Oh, you're right. That's that's, that's what I did. I just kept going up and down the beach. That makes sense. Ooh. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So you can do the last level. There's five right there. You just run that room ten times. And you're yeah. done. I'm way behind. I'm way behind. I'll never catch up, probably. What do you mean in terms of rank? Yeah, um, I just I, I don't know that I will ever complete the legendary. We well, get terrible so, at Halo. Well, the ni- I'm terrible at Halo. The nice thing about ranking up in Reach but is uh, maps. 
Like, I could never make general in Halo 3 because I'm not that good. Like, I would never it's be It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But you can totally do it in Reach because you, you can do it in Campaign. You can do it in Firefight. You can, you've got a, whatever avenue works best for you. you can, like, I play a ton of Firefight. I really like Firefight matchmaking. Reach is, Reach is a perfect game. Yeah. It's, they, they figured everything out. It's almost like they just, like, knew, like, there's nothing else we can add into I this. I mean, to, to date, it is the best game I've ever played. But it's like it's like you can just see like all the little pieces that they had from all the different games finally coming, coming together, together yeah. and mm-hmm. they've ditched stuff that didn't matter. Like there's no dual wielding in Reach that you know people didn't identify with, and I'm sure there's other things I can't even think of that you know weren't a big deal. Yeah, well, and some quit. things are still there. You know that like scoring is still there, but it's not as prominent as it was in Halo Three because it wasn't that important. Well, they, but, like, like you said, it's just a tweaking. Dual wielding's gone. Even the equipment changed. You know, to where right. it's armor ability. It's just like a more refined system. Right. Yeah. You think that the logic there is that maybe the Master Chief has access to all the equipment at any point in time whenever he wants to use it, and he doesn't have to, like, choose which one he wants? Like, he doesn't... Yeah, I guess... But it, how how different is that, though? I mean, the equipment system is theoretically supposed to be better Yeah, in... I mean, you, you, like, armor abilities, you can change on the flying campaign. You just have to oh, find them. Oh, that's true. Them. I guess and just, then they have... Yeah, just like in... It's one of those things. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> the war was very taxing on the economy. But let me, let me ask you this, it, since I played so much Reach. One more thing. When you guys play Halo, do you guys find it's much, much, much harder to kill something from behind than when you're facing it? Like when you're shooting at it. I know hitting it yeah. instant death. Yeah. Like if a grunt is running away, it takes about five, six shots to kill a grunt. Well, Where if it's facing you, it's one shot. Grunts in dead. particular, it's hard to see their head from behind. Right. I feel like they have like a collar piece right. or mm-hmm. a piece of armor right. or like something, some plate on the back. So it's right. harder. You only have like a little section like on a, the top of their skull. Like a turtle. And in the front, you've got like their entire face. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, but with Gretz that, in particular, that, that, that's the worst. true. When someone's shooting at you in multiplayer, it's like it takes more shots if you're running away from someone hitting you in behind. I don't know about some, that. Well, a headshot, yeah, definitely on a Spartan. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with Joel on that. Yeah, you think so? I don't. Know. I was just playing multiplayer a little bit a little while ago, and there was I was chasing a dude through. Uh, and I do a lot of running away. The new Ivory Tower, and I must have put like 30 needle rounds into him in the back of the head, and he just kept kept trucking. But I, I can kill a dude with, like, three in the head from the front. I, I am a little confused about that one part in the storyline where you exit the Covenant ship and then, like, the next cutscene you're just on the planet. Yeah. You, you fell to Earth. Yeah, I guess you can do that if you're just a noble. I actually noticed. Does, doesn't Master Chief do that at the beginning well, of the But he's Master that. Chief. If you actually look at – there's a cutscene at the beginning of that, and I somehow I noticed this the first time I played through – if you look at Noble Six in a cutscene, he actually has a pack on that's called a re-entry pack. Well, oh. it's very prominent. I felt it was almost spoilerish when I saw that the first time on my first playthrough because he kind of turns and puts it like directly in the camera. Okay, I agree with you. Yeah, I saw, I yeah saw, like I thought they telegraphed it. Yeah, right? it was. I was like, oh, that's weird. I guess I'm going to have to re-enter. You know, I'm yeah, but jump they, to the planet. They definitely show it. He's got. It must be a space thing that they have a re-entry pack. And then and <laughs> I think at one point, like I don't, Noble I don't, Five even mentions that there's only one re-entry pack. Oh, is that true? Yeah, in, in the level right before you, right before he pushes you out. Oh, yeah, you're right. When he, when he says that the the trigger That's on right. the bomb is on the bomb is fucked up. That's hmm. right. Still, I feel like I wanted to see something. I don't no, know. No, I get that. I get that. You wanted to see it happen, but supposedly Spartans can jump in from space and they can land. They're like extra special ODSTs. They don't need the whole pod. They just need the backpack. Yeah. They they lock their gel layer. I mean, that's a that's a pretty impressive technology. 
really. <laughs> I think it's all pretty impressive, dude. I mean, you think that would be their best form of attack, would just be like creating some sort of velo- – to put a jetpack on the back of the guy and do the gel lock and just run over everybody. <laughs> right? I mean, who's, I mean, who can stop that? Like right? Spart- I mean, if you can in- impact upon the planet. <laughs> Spartan bowling, essentially. I mean, right. <laughs> it sounds like a new game type you can make and reach. There you go. Spartan bowling. You know, did you guys read about the? Uh, this is back to real life now. Did you read about the meteor that is coming dangerously close to Aww. Earth today? I heard about that. Mayan calendar. Uh, they, no. they they found it, Jeff. They found it at the beginning of October. That's when they found this meteor. That's what? always that's sixty thousand kilometers what? within within Earth's orbit. What? Right? Is that yep, right? So right. Are, are we going to die today? It's it's twelve meters across. So it's cool that they can find things that's, that are twelve that's not, that's meters just, across. That's not going to kill us. No, it, it basically said it would burn up in if it hit the atmosphere. Like burn up twelve meters, about forty five feet. Is that about right? About thirty six. feet. feet. Forty feet, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't kill us. It fuck some shit up though. It, it could ki- fuck some shit up. If it landed on you, it'd kill you. That, <laughs> <laughs> you knowing my odds, that's probably exactly what's going to happen now. If it had a jackal shield, it would kill me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't someone? I may I may be totally talking out of my ass here, but I feel like. Didn't, wasn't there a story a couple years ago about someone who was, like, taking a nap on their couch and they got hit by a meteor and survived? It was like it came through. It, like, had, I guess, decelerated enough going through their attic and their second story. And it, like, hit them in their couch. And they're like, oh, that really hurt. But they survived and they had this meteor that hit Thank them. Thank God they put on that second floor. No, maybe the meteor maybe had the jail. Maybe they're in their cellar or basement. <laughs> uh, they, I, no, I do seem to remember that as well. Did he get hit in the hand or something with it? I think something? so, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, are you guys? It, was, it wasn't the same guy that from the Hadron Collider. Was yeah, it? it was. It was some woman in 1954. <laughs> a meteorite struck her. Yeah, I feel like that every is crazy. I the feel probability like... of that, Gus. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fucking insane. Yeah, I think it's made up. Just the probability. No, no, I'm sure the probability. Well, no, no, of that. I mean, there's a lot of meteorites that hit the planet every day. I mean, small ones. I mean, not true. hundreds of them. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> to All right, look it up. Look no. it up. It, it hit her in the hip. It was November 30th, 1954, and it was a woman in Alabama. Her name was Anne Hewlett. Oh, Miss Hewlett. Yeah, I know her. No, but and NASA has confirmed it. What uh, what part of Alabama is she from? Um, Siliquaga. I don't know where that is. Yep, Siliquaga. That was the Silicon Valley of Alabama. <laughs> Does anybody know what Alabama fell to in the polls? I haven't had the heart to look. No, I haven't looked. Uh, Jeff's team Alabama lost. But as a Texas fan, I'm not aware of that anymore because I literally can't acknowledge college football after last week. <laughs> God. Uh, but I did say when we first started the podcast two years ago, I said, Rangers, they're going. And I was a year early, but although they might be eliminated tonight. Yeah, they, they but I'll the tell you what. Up. Series is tied up 2-2, so whoever wins tonight is going to meet the Yankees in the ALCS. So whoever but wins I gotta tonight tell is going to lose to the Yankees. I would much rather – I got I'd much rather lose to Tampa Bay. I mean, if the Rangers go, the ALCS, Wouldn't you and rather lose beat the, Yankees? the Yankees, I'd love to – I'm a Ranger fan, Gus. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> I have a special message from YouTube for Jeff. Here's a little message to Alabama fans. Jesus! Well, I see that guy's face. Uh, hey, that, that guy is somebody fired is, uh, up. Love, obviously an Auburn fan. If you're a college football fan, how? I mean, how have you not felt that way at some point? 
during, right? <laughs> that dude, way? When, dude, when Texas beat USC, dude, I lived in Cal- Southern California 10 years getting beat on USC fans. Oh. That is an angry young man dude, right that there. Dude, kid, that kid needs therapy. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty out there. He's a pretty angry guy. Who is he? Who's he a fan of? Who knows? Who cares? We're gonna research this guy's. He's life. like that German <laughs> kid who got angry at the video game. Good lord! Somebody translated that. It was pretty interesting. The kid couldn't wait for it to load. Man, that's is that what it was? So how could the kid? Would the kid tape himself doing that? He couldn't wait oh. for it to load. Yeah, the game wouldn't load. I think he's trying to play Counter Strike. And oh, there you go. And he's thinking, why won't it load? Load, you stupid level. No. And then he like, would get disconnected from a server and then reconnect. And he's <laughs> screaming. Hey, are you guys excited about the biggest media event of the year happening Friday? I'm so excited. It's going to be the exactly best thing ever. What, about. what, what so is excited. it? I don't even know. What are you talking about? You guys don't know? Uh-uh. Fucking Jackass 3D comes out Friday. Dude, I'm oh. so excited. It's going to be the best day of the year. i got to see that somewhere. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. We're all going to go. Go with us. I don't want to go somewhere crowded. We're going to go to Draft House? We're going to go Gold Class, I think. Oh, that's a good you, idea. You can't go to Gold Class to watch that movie. You <laughs> absolutely not. can. They have booze and food. Joel, Joel makes a good point, though. We're gonna Gold Class is a very nice upscale theater here in Austin where they have about you're gonna be 40 the, seats total in the place. Yeah. And they're these big recliners. I went there. Crowd. I went there this weekend, and I literally saw an overweight 55-something gray-haired gentleman making fun of, like, the servers because they're servers. Like that's Ow. yeah that that sucks. Wait a minute, tell me that. So the, the you're talking about the waiters essentially. He, the he was there was he some was belittling the waiters. Yeah, there was some over. It was the worst thing I'd ever seen. There was like some overweight old pompous douchebag guy and brought his like seven year old son there. And uh, while the server is serving this douchebag seven year old little kid, he's like. And I guess they had been talking about getting a job or something like that. And he goes, you see, that's why you want to get a job. You don't want to be a server the rest of your life. And it was like, are you – In front of the server? I was like, are you being serious? Like, did you just say that? How, so, how much spit was in his food? Dude, that guy deserved a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, that's – I was uh, – well, I was, I was, I was if, embarrassed. If, I felt bad to be sitting in the theater. If no one point. does that job, you don't get food or drinks at a fucking theater. Like <laughs> what ar- a fucking dickhead. Fucking arrogant – I hate that stuff, especially well, to have like you know. How can you not value something that you're going out of your way to enjoy too? I mean, he's yeah. going to that theater for that service for that experience, and then he looks down on it. What a fucking asshole! It's like, and he he would be the first guy in the world if his fucking chicken sandwich turned up ten minutes late to be raising hell, probably. You know, and, and what really made it the most offensive is there was no like consciousness of what had just happened to him. Right. You know what I mean? Like he just wasn't even he didn't oh, acknowledge it. I don't think he was even aware of it. And and the way they serve there, like the waiter kind of has to lean over you to mm-hmm. reach this table that's between your two seats. Plus, it's also like you said, a room with like forty people at most. So it's right. a very very small intimate. Plus, affair. he's and training like, that kid to be a dickhead. It, that that's a play. They no, they play a fine. trailer. They play a trailer at that place that's like for a golf club. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. at the beginning of every movie, it's like a golf club. It's well, it's like, also thirty dollars a ticket, and for reference, most tickets are ten bucks, seven back, bucks. Back to the point: is this yeah. where you want to see Jackass? Let's, yeah, yeah it's that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah, people are going. Oh, oh, oh. There is something to be seen, like when we saw <laughs> uh, their monocles pop out of their eyes. They're so <laughs> shocked. <I'm> like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> when we saw Jackass One, Bernie, it was. At, I think you were there. We saw it at Westlake, and it was at like two in the afternoon on a Friday, and it was a full theater of like kids from high school and that was like the best experience ever because it was just two hours of people laughing constantly right you know and being in the middle of like 300 people laughing at once is awesome it definitely heightens the experience and then we saw jackass 2 at the alamo which was great and we that's, we that's were so tackling like maniacs but i don't feel like anyone around us was really like i mean jeff and i we go to this thing we're like 
two gay guys at the Tony Awards. We're just <laughs> pretty much. We're on, we're it, on cloud nine, dude. It's bigger is, to me than any video game. It really is. This is our Oscar. This is Jackass. Nice. We just they, need tackle. To, they need to make a Jackass video game. I actually I like it so much that I couldn't listen to Howard Stern yesterday because Johnny Knoxville was on and they kept giving spoilers. And it doesn't seem like a movie that you wouldn't want to be spoiled. But trust me, dude, some of the stuff they're saying, you're like, oh, fuck, why do I have to know about that now? I know about it going in. I had to turn I had to turn the radio off all day yesterday because I couldn't – because, like, somebody would say the word dildo and follow it up with something else that's hilarious. And you're like, fuck, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. There, there was a Jackass video game. There was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> for a PSP, right? PS2 and PSP. Do you think it sucks? Probably. No, I can, I can tell you a little bit about that because it was made by a New Zealand developer named Sith. Which is S I D H E. Right. We actually met them when we went down there for Armageddon Con one year because they had specifically put in a machinima mode in it where you could oh, make really? where you can make movies with and the guys could talk like you could make Steve O talk. And the Jackass awesome. guys had had no input or nothing to do with it and didn't get any residuals from it too. From right? the game period. From the game period. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Well, it's MTV, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you sign a, if you sign anything with it in the MTV building, watch out. <laughs> yeah, because they will take. I mean. I think these guys are still making these movies because they never made any money from the TV show. That's what I think. You know what's funny? They were talking about money with uh, Johnny Knoxville yesterday. The part I did here, you know, he recently got divorced, uh, and his wife gets – or he got divorced like uh, in 2009. His wife gets half of everything he makes on Jackass in perpetuity. <laughs> you mean if he makes other movies? Yeah, like she gets half of his money from Jackass 3D. I've stood in for that guy twice. Oh, I you stood in for him two movies. Yeah. One was Dukes of Hazard, right? So you should get I something. Know. Somehow I should get something. Yeah. No, not really. Like no. he made uh, – He's a good guy. He seems like a good guy. He made five million for what was that movie he was in? Uh, the the pretend. Uh, what was the one? It was a big movie. He got five million to be in it. Men in Black Two. Maybe. No, it was a movie he had a bigger role in. I can't remember. Oh, uh, uh, the, the movie you stood in for him. Oh, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard. He got five million for that and had to give two and a half to his ex-wife. She gets any. She gets specifically uh, anything from Dukes of Hazard and Jackass for some reason. Those are the two properties she gets. Half well, of. she was they were divorced after Dukes of Hazard. So that makes sense. Yeah, you but see, like going forward, if he does like another Dukes of Hazard movie, supposedly he has to give her half of that as well. It's not everything he does. It's just certain properties. I, you know, I, divorce laws are one thing, and it's you know community property, community property, and you know you can make the argument she was home and allowing him to go off and have this career. But there is it's specifically, I think, sports guys, and he's a very unique guy. People who hurt themselves, knowing he's going out and hurting himself and destroying his body and then handing off that money, that's a little different than – The dude has had to pee out of a catheter every time he has to go to the bathroom for the last two years. <laughs> and, and, and everyone knows that. And he's going to have to do it. Information. And he's going to have to do it for like another two years that's and pretty, maybe yeah. forever. That's, yeah. that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Like when you see guys that's like – Even like I see guys like Mike Tyson, and this gets away from the divorce thing, but just in general, the people who – are in his organization who then you know are taking money from him left and right. When it's, when it's a musician or something like that, I mean, that's a musician, but like Tyson, who's like just beat his brains out, you know, it's yeah. a special kind of tragedy, you know? And it's just sad when you see it happen. Like an NFL star who can't walk. I, yeah, yeah, no kidding, right? Like Earl Campbell. I, uh, I watched the Tyson documentary, which was actually pretty good if you guys have never seen it. It's on Netflix. It's on streaming. Netflix, yeah. And you watch him get stupid throughout the course of his career like he was never seemed like a brilliant dude but he was coherent and like cohesive and could have conversations and seemed to have like a point mm-hmm. and you just watch him get dumber through film like through film clips it's really sad yeah and i mean our boxing career is like usually 18 to 30 yeah it's not you know it's not normal dementia setting in yeah it's just getting your yeah. brain beat out it's like constantly i saw a documentary on rampage jackson or whatever like the ufc guy uh-huh. it's like he 
he understood it. Like you see him jogging around and kids are like, ah, and he's like, don't do what I do. Go study. Yeah. Learn. This well, is terrible. Don't be a server. I'm trapped. Yeah. He's, you know, <laughs> trying to peel out and do uh, movies now. Get away from that stuff. That's, that's true. So if you get, I mean, if you know, you're made in the shade there, right? Speaking of which, The Rock is in an action movie. Again. Yeah, how awesome yeah, is I that? I heard about that. And he's supposedly it's badass, too. Good God, dude. Tooth Fairy 2. God, I'm so looking forward Here, to it. Here's the thing. Like, if you're no, bad, it's a real rescape to Witch Mountain. <laughs> You know, if you're an action star and you're a big action star and you start going down the, oh, I'm a comedy, children, whatever movie route, is it harder to go back and have people? I guess it's okay, I right? think you, that must be the role of becoming a, a parent, right? I mean, you watched Eddie Murphy right. do it where Everybody, he like, suddenly same, wanted to make movies curvature. for his kids. Same curvature. Like, The Rock must have had some kids and yeah. his kids are like, what'd you do today, Daddy? And he's like, well, I can't show you because I ripped somebody's skull off they and get, stuck a grenade they, in his yeah. asshole. And they get the yeah. cute... The cute <laughs> So someday, I, can, I can describe it to when you. you're 20, Daddy can show you his what kids his kids are finally old enough to appreciate his movies. Or? Yeah, well, let's say, like, you know, so he's like, all right, well, I'm going to make the tooth fairy so my kid can understand what I do for a living. Well, I think the prototypical action star is Schwarzenegger. And if you look at him, once he started doing funny stuff, that was it. All he could do was go back to stuff that he'd already made, like Terminator. But it's, again, yeah. It seemed like it lost something. But who knows? And even Kindergarten Cop wasn't that bad because he was like a tough guy in a stupid situation. Right. And it was still action stuff in it. I think it was more like twins when he did that. Yeah. That's when it got yeah. off. Yeah. Or when Junior, for Christ's sake, when Ugh. he was a pregnant guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think I, I never saw Junior. I don't think I saw it either. No, I never saw it, yeah. How do you get that billing together? How do you put Arnold Schwarzenegger in a movie with Emma Thompson? How do you, but, yeah, <laughs> write that out? God. Maybe with the action stuff too. It's like maybe you get to the point where you're too old or you're just too tired to maintain that. Like it must be no, like no. your entire life is like in the gym just to stay that ripped and uh, you're probably doing all kinds of terrible steroids for your body and stuff. And then maybe at some point you just like you get beat down. And you're like I can't keep it up. Yeah. Nobody wants. To, I mean, look at Sylvester Stallone. We all love that he's you know still going strong with Rambo and the Expendables, but the dude looks has had a rough looking life. I'm glad to hear you say that, dude. I, I can tell you, I'm sick of it. Working out constantly is getting. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, and I was thinking of you actually. <laughs> I don't get it though because like you were talking about how he was on that interview on Stern. I think we do. I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast or not. Where he's just like, "Well, I'm just struggling and blah blah blah, trying to get made." And he's oh, got, like, Stallone. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, well, I mean, didn't I mean? Don't you have money in the bank at this point? I mean, well, you know, like if I have the money that he has, yeah, you I, go say that. I, you're not, else. You could. I think. I mean, you, you th- I'm not think inf- a guy. I'm not inflicting people anymore. But you still want to work. Dude. You, you make a bunch of money. You have like three ex-wives, probably at this point. You've lost a ton of your money <laughs> in divorces, and you make a lot Maybe. of dumbest decisions because yeah. you're like, I have, five, I got five million dollars this so. month. I'll make five million dollars next month, and Maybe. then someday the scripts stop coming. And Maybe so. You're not smart with your cash. Maybe so. It sounds like Jeff has done a lot of research into divorce. <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. I've been divorced. Jeff's been through a divorce <laughs> in his defense. Once you once you go through a divorce, you you notice stuff. <laughs> Okay, before we get off movies, I want to point something out. We talked about the town a couple of weeks ago. And oh I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm actually. You guys, you guys saw it? No, but I thought this was interesting. I saw the town on the list of movies that's showing at Gold Class when I was trying to buy our tickets. Uh huh. And so I looked it up. Sure enough, I don't know if this is Ben Affleck's first directorial. It's not. It's his second. I remember second? you all talked about it. The other movie he did was uh, Gone, Gone Baby Gone. Gone right. Baby Gone. But his the town I think has made. You can look it up, guys. I think it's made about seventy million, right about there. This movie has now grossed every single Kevin Smith movie ever. Kevin Smith has never had a $70 million movie. In uh, fact, what, what was the that budget, what was doesn't the surprise me at all. What was but it's bu- interesting, right? Because like, don't you consider Ben Affleck to kind of be in that stable of, of Smithites? Kevin yeah. Smith, and then he goes out and directs something, and he makes $70 million. Yeah, that's a really good point. No, no, no. no. He, he elevated past that a long time he ago. Still, well, he still goes back and does all those movies, though. Right, but... 
Yeah, but, and, you know, actually, he's not, I think, he's not dependent upon him. No, no, not at all, not at all. But, but he I made fucking Jersey Girl, you know? That was way more, into more his successful career. the town may have grossed as much of all of Kevin Smith's movies did combined. No, not quite, because do you know what the highest grossing Kevin Smith directors? Look, hit the director uh, I'm, tab. I'm looking right here. You know what the highest grossing Kevin Smith movie directed? I feel like I should know this. I'm going to say it's... Was it the... Chasing Amy? Yeah, that's what I would guess. Cop Out. Cop, oh, not... Ooh, Cop Out, out by never, the way. Wow. What a tremendous how, piece of shit how, that movie is. Really? Have you guys seen it? No. It is em- It is embarrassingly bad. I had to watch it on a plane. I had to turn it off. I was on a plane coming back from England, so I was or coming back from Scotland, so I had uh, like 10 hours on me. I had to watch it in chunks. Where I, I, I would be like, I'll watch 20 minutes of it this time around. Next time it comes on in the cycle, I'll watch – I was able to stomach another 30 minutes. It was okay, fucking Okay, I, I feel brutal. like I've been on a man on an island for the past 10, 15 years, however long Kevin Smith has been around, and I haven't seen – Chasing Amy, and sure. it seems like that might be a good movie. No. But of the movies that I've seen him do, are you really being serious? I mean, seriously? Like, what, this is good? What are we saying? Oh, you don't like Kevin Smith is what you're saying? Well, no. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but a lot of the movies that he's made, I don't get it. Dude, I I'm, I understand what you're saying. I think his movies are very juvenile. I mean, I, this was all. bad for a Kevin Smith film. I'll say that. And I liked – I think Clerks was – an awesome movie. I could still sit Cl- down and watch Clerks. Clerks, Clerks was, this, I thought, the strongest. I hear Clerks but 2 like, was very think, good. Think I about, never think saw think it. about Clerks. Should that be. was a movie that came out of nowhere. You had low expectations. Yeah. It was an independent thing. Okay, cool. But then what was the other one? Mallrats? I did not like Mallrats. But <sighs> Kevin Smith as a director, like if you start naming directors in America, right. you're going to get to Kevin Smith pretty quickly. Absolutely. You're, you're right, not right. going to get to Ben Affleck that quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Even like Spike Lee, you'll get to Spike Lee. Right. And Kevin Smith is in the same class as director as Spike Lee. He has a very specific audience, people that love, live and die with his stuff. You, and that's, yeah. You couldn't ask for anything better. I mean, he's had a longer career than 99.9% of all yeah. directors that have ever directed anything. And it doesn't Clark's matter. 16 years ago. It doesn't matter what Kevin Smith directs because he has – you're right. He's got that instilled audience that's always going to go and watch and support his stuff and mm-hmm. buy the shit out of that guy's merchandise. So, like say what you will so, about that dude. He is a merchandising genius. It's so funny because there are Hollywood directors out there that are good directors and no one knows their name. Like they direct a lot of movies. There's a guy, Johnny, who did uh, – I can't remember his name, but he, he does a lot of <laughs> – What's the, the, Name a movie are, he did. Uh, didn't he do the Alamo? Uh, he, did, he just did uh, the, the Walt Disney movie with the Secretariat. Just did that movie? He's well, not. He's working for Walt Disney. What do you care if you know his name? <laughs> no, no, but it's it's just funny to me that it's just like there's a there's a lot of directors out there, especially TV directors, certainly legitimate people who know what they're doing. No one knows who they are. But, but if yet, they're working. Who cares? I mean, it's just funny, like how some people have a name and are held up, you know. And it, I guess it's just because someone like Kevin Smith is a very distinctive. Flavor. Well, he got so, he got famous in an interesting way too. I mean, he made his own film. He but, did the Robert Rodriguez thing, right? And like, but it seems like and broke into the industry it, in a cool way. He didn't break into it doing like made for TV movies and slowly building his yeah, way up. That's you true. Know, and that's doing true. studio films. That's true. You know, you mentioned that Secretariat movie. I don't know if you all have seen this, but they've been playing a lot of like <laughs> TV commercials for it. And I guess you know, I, I don't. I mean, I guess I kind of know what the movie's about, but there's this one scene in the trailer where they, like, cut to a guy who I guess is the bad guy in the movie. He looks at the camera and says, Secretariat's going down. It's like, really? <laughs> yeah. This is a lot of dialogue in this movie. You, you also got to give Kevin Smith credit because he made himself a personality, you know? I Absolutely. mean, he, he gave himself a good character, put it in that first movie, Absolutely. and then he spends probably spends about as much time on developing his films as he does his brand of him, you know? Like his clone. Yeah, I, hate, I, I hate when clear. people use the term brain in reference to a person that, that bugs no. me. But, I mean, look at Spike Lee. Spike Lee is still, uh, you know, 
floor seats for the Knicks every damn game. You know, and what was the last time you went to, to see a Spike Lee movie? I don't even remember the last Spike Lee movie. I think Inside Man. Which Inside was Man. Fucking awesome. Tremendous. Denzel Washington movie with uh, who's the, the uh, 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 Clive Owen. Clive Owen, dude, great, yeah? fantastic you ever seen movie. It? No. It, it, might, it, it might be the best Spike Lee movie. Really, ever one made. of the best heist movies ever made. It, wow. it, one of the best, one of the best oh, New yeah. York movies where New York is a character. Yeah, and the people who live in New York, like they, it's tremendous. It seems like any time you have a movie where it's like people stealing money and it's set in New York, it's like New York is not going to let you escape. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that should be the premise of the movie. It's like I, the Bill Murray. Movie, I think right? the last Spike oh, yeah. movie I saw was Summer of Sam. Summer of Sam. Oh, that movie was man, a long time good. ago. No, that movie was not good. Um, In- Inside Man is. Inside Man. You never saw Inside Man, Gus? No. Oh, so good. I think you never saw Inside Man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you never saw Inside Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Denzel Washington's great in it. Clive Owen's great in it. And uh, just like all the. And then it's nothing but character actors, I think. Oh, Jodie Jody Foster's in it, too. Right, right. She she's plays really like good. a minor villain character. Yeah. Good one. Yeah, really very, very good. good. I'll have to check it out. Is that on Netflix? Is that on streaming? I have no idea. I saw the theater. Who's the old dude in that? The. Uh, the real classic actor. Is it Christopher Plummer? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gosh, you're going to have to look that up for us. Inside yeah, I don't know. But listen, the only Kevin Smith movie that I legitimately didn't like was Dogma. I don't have any opinion of Mallrats. I realize people really liked it, but I think I was because I just like Clerks so much. And Clerks 2, for a Chris- sequel that Plummer. came out. Thank you, Christopher Plummer. Uh, for a movie that came out 10 years or whatever after the original movie, great sequel. I hear it's good. I you really good. Why haven't you seen I, it? I, I really enjoyed it. How, I have no idea. I just haven't sat down to do it. How much? Uh, how much did the town cost to make? Do we know that? Thirty-seven million. Thirty-seven million. And it's made seventy, so that's awesome. Really, mm-hmm. and I got to see because it, it looks. It looks good. Yeah, I really want to see it. They say it's a. It's a like a free consideration type film. Really? Yeah. I mean, the buzz. Don't question them. That's don't what Variety them. says. Don't question them. All right. Well, we need to wrap up here before we go too long. Okay. Uh, Everyone go see Jackass 3D. So Jackass 3D is on the plate this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I might be checking out Inside Man. You should see it. Anything else we need to plug? I I would like to plug something that I finally have in my hands after all this time. Do it. It's not our thing, but I'm in love with it. I have my black chat pad for my <laughs> Xbox controller. Joel, look at this. Look how beautiful that is. Wow. It's gorgeous. I got they, it. They're that's finally great. selling these you things. You should wear that like a necklace. They're finally selling these things. Yeah, that's, that's I, nice. I saw that in the box upstairs when you bought it. I was like, oh, wow. I'm sure this was a happy day for Bernie. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's pretty satisfying. Yeah. That's pretty that's, satisfying. That's it. Other than that, um, we're still working on our event list for where we're going to be in 2011. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally found a UK uh, convention. Yeah. It looks promising. I contacted them. We're, uh, we're talking. So hopefully uh, – We'll get that worked out. And thank you for, to the Red vs. Blue fans who don't, sent that in. Don't ask them to have a nice day. <laughs> Do not ask anyone to have a nice day when we're there. There you go. And we haven't talked about any behind-the-scenes stuff, but, I mean, we're we're bolting out of here to go to production in pretty much the next, next four days, days are yeah. solid production. It seems like every week is, like, three or four days of solid production right now. Yeah, we're, we're cranking. We're cranking. Pretty hardcore. And then you have your thing, Jeff, which is every single day, so. Yep. And now you're going to do your uh, legendary run on Halo to race, uh, <laughs> uh, race Gus over there. I got a head start. He's got a six-level <laughs> six head start. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Ta-ta. Bye.